Over the last several weeks, we've been reading from the final chapters of the Gospel of John. We've seen Jesus with his disciples in those final moments before he knew he was going to the cross. We've seen him unjustly arrested. We've seen him tried before a illegal Jewish court and then before a immoral Roman official. We've seen him marched up Calvary. We've seen him crucified. But this morning, the event we celebrate is something unique. All of those things that I just mentioned, you could argue that they had happened with somebody else. Other people had disciples. Other people taught good things. Other people had been unjustly accused, tried, convicted, and yes, even crucified. But no one else did what Jesus accomplished next. The resurrection of Christ is the most significant event in all of history. And we need to help the world understand the, the meaning of the empty tomb. And so this morning as we, we look here in John chapter 20, I hope not only to, to encourage us with these words that, that we know so well, but to help us understand there's some folks out there that don't know this, but desperately need to. As the 20th chapter of John begins, uh, Mary Magdalene, accompanied by some other women, according to Mark 16, they, they, they go to the tomb where Jesus had been buried. He had been crucified on a Friday evening, but because of the Jewish laws, Friday evening at sunset begins the Sabbath day. And, and no work is allowed on that day. And so they were not provided the opportunity to properly prepare Jesus' body for burial. And so they, they wait until the Sabbath is over, which is the case at sunrise on Sunday morning. And then as soon as they can, they, they go to the tomb to, to finish that task of preparing the body of this man that they loved, this man they respected, this man that, that they called the Messiah, and yet this man they had watched die. And their most pressing concern was a practical matter. They didn't know what they were going to do when they got to the tomb. Because they had been there when, when Jesus' body had been placed within this borrowed tomb. They had watched as the Roman soldiers had, had rolled a large stone over the entrance to the tomb. That was a, a common custom of the day. It was to try to prevent grave robbers from getting in. But, but this had a, a, another purpose. For Roman soldiers had been left there to guard that tomb. Just in case any funny business might go on. In case there might be someone come to try to steal the body. And the women didn't know what they were going to do about all of that. Least of all, they didn't know who was going to be able to roll away that stone. Turns out, they didn't need to be worried. 
According to the first verse of John chapter 20, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. According to the accounts found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, Mary and the women then saw an angel who told them that Jesus was risen, and they didn't understand how that could possibly be, which is not surprising. I'm guessing if any of us walked down here to Greenlawn Cemetery and saw somebody with wings and a robe telling us somebody was alive, we wouldn't really know what to make of that either. So John then describes how Mary Magdalene rushed back. She, she found Peter and, and John and she told them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and John ran to the tomb to see what in the world was going on. One of them identified as the disciple Jesus loved, probably John, got there first. But he didn't dare go in. He didn't want to go into that place where he saw them put the lifeless body of Jesus. He didn't want to see that. But he did give up, get enough courage to at least glance inside. And he saw something that confused him. There, just inside the tomb, he saw the grave clothes that had been hastily wrapped around Jesus' body. But, but there they were, nicely folded just inside the tomb. Peter wasn't as squeamish as John was. He rushed past him and, and, and went inside the tomb. And there he saw the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, nicely folded, laying there off to the side. Finally, John came in and saw the same thing. But, but neither Peter nor John knew what to make of it. It didn't make any sense. According to verse 9, they still did not understand from the Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So Peter and John returned home. But, but Mary Magdalene stayed. Standing there at the entrance of the tomb, weeping, wondering, what does this all mean? Remember, she had come to prepare Jesus' body for burial, but now the body was no longer there. She was still under the impression that that somehow his body had been taken, and now she wouldn't be able to perform this, this final act of respect. And so she wept. But through her tears, she saw something. Verse 11 describes it, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and another at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. Peter 
John, Mary Magdalene, they all saw profound things that Sunday morning. Grave clothes with no body. An empty place where, where, where Jesus had been laid just three days ago. Angels with a message that could not possibly be true. It's no wonder they were confused. They were missing an essential fact. Jesus had risen from the dead. You can know a lot of things. But if you're missing a crucial piece of information, you'll be just as confused as ever. For example, if you have an address, but you don't know which city that address is in, you've got a problem. Or even if you know the address in the city, but you don't know the state, just try Googling an address on Main Street in Springfield. You'll come up with 41 different possibilities because there are 41 different states that have a Springfield. And every single one of those Springfields has a Main Street. Or, if you have a doctor's appointment but you don't know the date, just try showing up at your doctor's office and announce, I have an appointment at 930 Well, you've got a 1 in 365 chance of being right. (laughs) But otherwise, they'll tell you to come back when you really have an appointment. Or, if you agree to buy a house, but you don't set a price, just try to find a realtor who'll sell you a house for whatever you want to pay. And if you find him, give me a call. I want to know him. (laughs) There are some pieces of information that are crucial to understand or nothing makes sense. And the resurrection of Christ is that crucial piece of information. Without it, none of the things we do make any sense. That we come to church on a beautiful Sunday morning like this. That we actually seek to follow what the Scripture says to do. That we give our tithes and offerings out of our hard-earned money. That we actually believe there is a heaven and a hell. That we pray and actually believe it does something. None of those things make any sense if Jesus is buried somewhere in a grave. None of our hymns make any sense. None of the Bible makes any sense. There would be no reason to join a church. There would be no reason to try to live according to what the Bible says. But... With this one crucial piece of information, suddenly everything makes sense. Knowing that our Savior lives changes everything. 
It certainly did for Mary Magdalene. According to John, she was the first person to actually see Jesus risen. And at first she didn't know He was. But then it changed everything. Verse 14, at at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Mary was instantly changed from a grieving friend to the first to share the news that Jesus lives. The truth was so amazing that at first it didn't register. She looked and she saw Jesus, but it couldn't be Him. So she thought that He must be the gardener, the one who, the caretaker of the tombs. And maybe He had seen who had taken Jesus' body. Maybe He knew where it was. But then, then he spoke her name, and she knew. (laughs) No doubt she fell before him, grabbed on to Jesus with all of her might. But Jesus says, there's lots that needs to be done. You need to go and tell my disciples. It's significant that Jesus appears to Mary first. If this were just some work of fiction, or even more sinister, if this was some kind of a story concocted by the disciples to try to convince people that Jesus was was really alive, Mary would not be the one who first saw Jesus. Maybe one of the the disciples. That would make more sense if this was just a story. Because one of the disciples could then be the one to proclaim that Jesus is risen. Or, or, Or maybe someone of some significance in the day. Maybe a Pharisee. Or maybe one of the Roman rulers. But the fact that it's Mary Magdalene. A woman of not only... Little importance in the day, but but a woman of not great reputation. That it is her that first sees Jesus risen. That's significant. It's a, a sign of authenticity. It is a reason among many that we can believe what the Bible says is true. That this isn't just some concocted story. That this is not just some myth. 
but that this is what really happened. Mary runs to find the disciples with this extraordinary news. I have seen the Lord. And seeing Jesus alive changed everything. It changed Mary from a grieving friend to a joyful messenger. It would change Peter from a failed ally to a church leader. It would change Thomas from a doubting disciple to a confident evangelist. It would change Paul from an executioner to a preacher of life eternal. It's a message that can change you too. Maybe you've never understood Maybe you came this morning because it was a family thing to do or because it's a holiday thing to do. But you've never really understood the purpose. You never really got it. This church stuff just doesn't make any sense. Maybe you're watching this morning online and and you're doing that because for some reason you thought, well, it's Easter and probably ought to start with the church service. So I'll pull out the iPad and do that. But, but you, you've never really got it. All these things that, that believers do, all the stuff that they say, it just never made any sense. It does if Jesus is alive. Maybe you have a friend who is far from God. They, they just seem beyond Reaching, Their life is a mess. It's spiraling out of control. There doesn't seem to be anything that can make it right. There is if Jesus is alive. Maybe you feel like your best days have passed you by. Seems like there's really not much you can do to impact your world. There is if Jesus is alive. Maybe you've wondered, in the chaos of this world, is there anything that can make things right? There is, if Jesus is alive. That's what we celebrate today. We celebrate the risen Savior. And what we celebrate today changes everything. Heavenly Father, as we gather in your presence this morning, as we spend some time on an Easter Sunday to sing some hymns of faith, to listen to some words from your your Scripture. Maybe to say a prayer or two. God, help us to have the one piece of information that changes everything. Help us to know that our Savior lives. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of, of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what Christ is saying in your heart today. We do this every Sunday. Every service that we have, we have an opportunity for people to respond. And Sometimes that can become just kind of one more thing that we do on a Sunday. It's just one more motion we go through. It's just, just part of the service. This morning, my prayer is it would be something different for you. Today, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's because you're missing one crucial piece of information. And that is what we celebrate on Easter Sunday. Because Jesus is not just some good teacher, some nice philosopher. He's not just some historic figure. He's not just some person to read about in a book. He's alive. And He can change your life. Literally. If by faith you'll simply receive Him. And you may have come here today for all kinds of reasons. You may be watching today and whatever brought you here. That there were, but, but right now, right here, the resurrected Christ can change you too. So this morning, we, we want to invite you to respond. And ordinarily, we would invite you to come forward and we'd sit down with you and show you in the Scripture just what it is that Jesus promised. That he, he can forgive you. That He can cleanse you. That He can be your Savior and Lord, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for all eternity. Right now we can't do that personally, but we do have a way that we can do that with you. If you're here with us, there, there's a card right there in the pew before you. It says connection card on, on the top of it. Just take one of those cards. Give us some contact information and you can just write on the card. I want to know more about Jesus or there's also a little checkbox you can check. And then as you leave this morning, just drop it in one of the baskets. We'll be in touch with you very soon to, to talk with you about what the Bible really says. How Jesus Christ can change you too. If you're watching us online, that very same form is found online. You'll find the link there on our Facebook page and also on our web page. It's nationalheights.org. Hello. Just click on that link. It'll take you right to that very same connection card. It's a digital form. Again, if you'll just give us some contact information where we can converse with you. And then just you can type in the text box there. Or there's also a box to check. I want to know more about Jesus. He can change your life. Maybe there's some other way that God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe you know Christ is your Savior. You've already made that commitment of your, your heart to Him, but, but you want to be a part of a, of a local church. You want to serve Him. And we would be honored to have you as a part of what we're doing here at National Heights. And again, you can just indicate that, whether it's on the physical card, on the digital form. Just indicate, I, I want to know more about how to be a part of National Heights Baptist Church. Maybe there's some other way that God is, is leading in your heart. There's some other options there on the card. Or there's even a place where you can write down 
some other way that God is leading in your life and you'd just like somebody to, to talk with about that. Or, or maybe you have a prayer request, something that's really burdening your heart on the back side of the connection card here at the very bottom of the digital form. You'll find a text box where you can just write in a, a prayer request and, and we would be honored to pray with you in the week to come, whatever it might be. In whatever way God is leading in your life today, we invite you to respond to Him. To the Savior who is risen today.